Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip that you're about to hear, it originally aired on my YouTube channel, so buckle up, get your ears ready, and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is currently 1.18 p.m. East Coast time. It is Thursday, October 3rd. And I want to take a final look at the slate today. And people are saying, oh, how do you have a final look on a Thursday? Trust me, the amount of research I've done, I feel really confident about where I'm going so far this weekend. The only thing that will change that, of course, is slightly ownership, not to a much lesser extent, but also injuries. So if you're a patron, Sunday morning show, Friday leverage show, um, you'll be able to get access to, I guess, the official write it off final notes. But this is where I'm at. Far majority of my stuff is pretty much set in place in terms of the process I have for this week. And again, it's Thursday. So um, it is later in the week. I do feel confident after these practice reports come out. But welcome if you are here. My name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, MLB, WNBA and NBA streets. I'm excited to break this one down. The NFL week five, we're already uh, more than a, a quarter of the way through the season. Man, does it fly by. So Quickly, if you could hit the subscribe button, I greatly appreciate that. Check out Roam Around the Description. Also want to shout out Fantasy Draft. They're the sponsor of this show. You can check out Fantasy Draft and their rake-free contest. Link down below um, to their contest this week. $500,000 in total prizes, rake-free. Uh, people, um, you can sign up. You're not paying the the 10 to 20% rakes on the FanDuel's and the DraftKings and potentially even more than that on some contests. So um, yeah, make sure to take advantage of it. It's really, really good. You're, you're literally just not paying management and maintenance fees, if that makes sense. They're skimming that money off the top. They're doing a different business model for maybe it's promotional, but as long as we can take advantage of it, that's great. Instead of paying rake, you'll pay a transaction fee, which is like 3% instead of 15% so or more. So uh, yeah, it's a really good um, format. I really like Fantasy Draft. You get an extra flex spot been getting the majority of my money down there on the last couple of weeks, probably the last two, three weeks. So I'm going to continue to do that. So yeah, definitely check it out. Link down below. Some more stuff in the description. My exclusive content on Patreon. Um, like I said, I do shows over there. I do a lot of content over there as well. You can check that out linked up down below. If you want $100 off until Sunday only, $100 off the Daily Fantasy NFL course. That is also uh, something you can comment and I'll send it to you. So that's all the housekeeping, right? We're here week five. I'm going to break this down. This is the target offense sheet over my shoulder. If you want full access to that and a downloadable file along with all these other stat sheets, see there's a ton of stats, key stats that I use for each position. You can get that over on Patreon as well. But for now, uh, if you're new here, I go position by position. I will have my show on Saturday for Awesome. Uh, we'll take kind of a final look there. And then Sunday morning will be my exactly what I'm doing that week show on Patreon. If you are interested but right now, this is where I stand at quarterback. So if you're seeing this screen, you know where I stand at quarterback. I have four interests this week, four primary interests, and a lot of them are going to be focused around game stacking these games and really team stacking. So Kyler Murray is one of my top four interests this week at the quarterback position. The guy's floor is just nuts. I mean, 17 fantasy points is his worst week, and he has not been all that great. Two weeks ago, looked terrible in the second half. Last week really didn't do that much, but last two weeks, he's surviving with his legs. The two weeks before that, he's surviving with his arm in the passing game. Sure, there's injuries there to Christian Kirk, lesser extent to Mere Bird on the outside. That'll affect the the overall upside of this offense somewhat, but they're going to throw so much that Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson getting more routes, leading the league in routes run right now at Christian McCaffrey is still fine for me. Like it, it gives me upside and you're, you're filling in guys who gel in this offense with Farrell Cooper playing in the preseason in the slot, having success was like one of the guys that was the last one off this team on the bubble. Um, Keyshawn Johnson, who's shown upside as a rookie. So I don't think that the fact that Christian Kirk's not there is going to be a huge hit for them, especially because David Johnson will just be that much more involved in the receiving game in a fantastic matchup against the Bengals, whose secondary, oh my God, the secondary of safeties and cornerbacks is just so, so bad. Like their best secondary player just uh, went on IR, a guy who was a rotational player. 
but now there's just nobody back there. Um, so insane floor here. Really like what I'm seeing. David Johnson going to be filling in for Christian Kirk in the slot. It's just going to be um, easier and better for a quarterback to get those chunk plays from a very talented running back against a team that just can't stop pass catching running back. So really like Kyler Murray at the price point. I like Carson Wentz. Look, um, this Jets defense is not good. <laughs> I'll just say that like right now. Whenever you look at, oh, but Sal, they're ranked high in scoring defense and they're ranked top 10 in pro football focus. Yeah, they had a pick six week one, CJ Mosley against Josh Allen. And then they had a pick six against Jared Stinman, the Patriots backup after they were getting whooped. So you know why they're ranked higher is because of pick sixes, those heavily skewed scoring defenses, of course. And just in general, it makes the defense look a lot more stout. But this defense has given up two out of three weeks, 300 plus yard passing games to quality quarterbacks. Um, Carson Wentz is a quality quarterback. So I have really no concern about targeting this Jets defense where obviously their their secondary and the safeties, Jamal Adams, good safety play. um, But for the most part, their cornerback play has not been that good. Brian Poole, to a limited extent, has been good. uh, But outside of that, not much has been good at all in their secondary. And when you tell me that Alshon Jeffries another week healthier, and really for the most part, what I'll be interested in talking about, Zach Ertz not having double teams against him in the middle of the field. Yeah, Carson Wentz becomes that much more favorable for me, uh, not even getting into Aguilar in the slot, um, pass catching running backs out of the backfield the last couple of weeks with Miles Sanders getting more active there. So um, I do like Carson Wentz this week. Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan, this game looks so, so good. I think it's the highest total game on the slate right now. Let me quickly check. It checks in um, with a t- game total of 49. I believe that is the highest total. Yeah, both of these players are in fantastic spots. Deshaun Watson, much more expensive, has the rushing upside, has um, maybe not even the better matchup, but uh, definitely both these these quarterbacks have good matchups. But um, on the surface, a high level, you, you would expect a bad Atlanta defense dealing with injuries left and right for the past two years. That this is a really good spot for Watson, and it is, but it's also a really good spot for Matt Ryan. So Deshaun Watson comes in as one of my um, top interests this week. We know the rushing upside that he has. The line is what it is. It's bad. It's going to get healthier as the year goes on. Um, Laramie Tunsil is still there. The main thing here is is the fact that he's just missing deep throws. Those are going to come. And now you get an Atlanta team that's going to allow you uh, to have those deep throws. So yeah, Deshaun Watson stacks with Will Fuller and, and DeAndre Hopkins um, are a lot of interest of me this week. Matt Ryan on the other end. Matt Ryan has been fantastic. Matt Ryan is number two uh, right now, only behind Patrick Mahomes in terms of overall passing yards. He has four straight weeks of 300 plus yards. This offense has been the story for now three years. They just can't score in the red zone post the Shanahan era, right? Now with the 49ers. So uh, Matt Ryan's still looking really good. And this Houston defense, again, is another defense that because you're looking at four weeks of data is going to seem like, oh, they're so good. They're, they're, they're middle of the pack to elite. Yeah, they have a really good pass rush, right? J.J. Watt, Against this Matt Lana, uh, or Atlanta, Matt Lana, right? Matt Ryan offensive line that is um, is is absolutely hammered with three to four injuries right now. Their first round picks are done. Some of them um, that they drafted two first round offensive linemen already, guys injured, done for the year. So it's really scary when JJ Watt's going to be going up against like backup linemen. Um, so that is scary. Merkulis on the other end, they have good pass rush, but. Outside of that, they have been lit up on the secondary this year. Secondary is not that good, especially in the slot, but just overall. Like, Drew Brees goes for almost 400 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Phillip Rivers goes for over 300 and a pair of touchdowns. The only reason they've had success is they got to play Kyle Allen last week, who I do not think is a good quarterback. Is he a serviceable backup? Yes. But a good quarterback? No. He was heavily skewed week three by facing an Arizona up-paced team that has no defense. And then Gardner Minshew in his first career start, who did have a decent game of like 250, 220 yards or whatever it might have been. But for the most part, Matt Ryan definitely falls into the category of being a quarterback like Drew Brees or Philip Rivers in terms of his skill set. I expect another 300 plus yards this week, and it's just really easy to stack this team. Um, Julio is always going to be in a stack for me if I'm going for a full team stack. I then prefer Calvin Ridley, uh, but Austin Hooper is also, also in play. Mohamed Sanu, not as much tournament upside, uh, but yeah, really good spot. Tom Brady, it's a scary spot only because of their huge favorite. Sonny Michelle might continue to get a lot of carries. Rex Burkhead's a little bit healthier. Maybe he gets some more carries, whatever it might be, uh, but this is the best matchup they've had in the secondary 
probably so far and that's saying a lot because they got to face the Jets this year so far um but Washington's secondary overall defense looks disgusting um I think Tom Brady's interesting might not get there though if I'm paying up that high I probably just go to Deshaun Watson Jameis Winston somewhat interesting probably the least interesting out of all these what seven quarterbacks that I have listed right here it is another favorable spot PJ Williams Marcus Lattimore played well last week and this whole secondary played well last week but it seemed more so that they just took Amari Cooper away. Lattimore had his first good week on defense this year. Um, they took Amari Cooper away, and that really made them one-dimensional. We know Michael Gallup uh, and really stopping the run uh, helped the Saints, right, secure that win with just, like, field goals. So I think James Winston or James Winston is interesting here, but it is a, a probably tougher matchup than it seems um, for him. Andy Dalton, the concern here is the offensive line, but his wide receivers are in fantastic spots. Tyler Boyd will be in the slot. Damian Willis will fill in on the outside for John Ross, who was already filling in on the outside for AJ Green. Um, but Tyler Boyd will be in the slot. He's top 12 so far this year in the slot. 66% of his snaps. Auden Tate is a very cheap wide receiver this week who carries upside. Top 15 in separation. Top 25 the last two weeks in routes run. And he was doing that as a, a bottom three or a third string wide receiver. Wide receiver three, I guess you can say. He was running the top 25 routes uh, while Ross got hurt in that game late. So Andy Dalton's a good spot. The price is really, really favorable. It's just like, is that offensive line going to hold up? I think it does enough because Arizona doesn't generate that much pressure. Arizona right now so far this year is allowing uh, 290 passing yards per game. They have not yet had an interception. Uh, They've given up 10 touchdown passes, which is two and a half per week, which is the second highest in the league. So yeah, Andy Dalton, really nice favorable matchup so far this week for him. Those are the main interests for quarterback as of right now on Thursday. Um, Let's go to running back. Running back, look, it's top end heavy. And I'm going to kind of rank quickly where I'm at right now on these running backs in terms of my interests. You can see I like all the top end running backs because why would you not, right? I guess all but one. Um, so I'll quickly note Saquon, they're saying he might practice or he, he is practicing. He There's a tape of him like sprinting and jumping and cutting in practice. He looks healthy. I can't believe that this guy might actually come back. I high ankle sprain. He came back from a similar injury in like two weeks for the Big Ten Championship in 2015 when he was with Penn State. So maybe he's just maybe he's just made out of a different cloth. It seems like it, right? So uh, keep an eye on Saquon. Probably don't have as much interest though anyways because he is coming off that injury and he'll be dirt low in terms of ownership and cheap in terms of ownership costs. But really tough matchup against Minnesota. Uh, I'll just put that one out of the way. McCaffrey, he is what he is, right? He's going to have 28, 29 opportunities a game so far this year, 37 touches last week. Um, It is a beneficial matchup overall against Jacksonville, especially when you factor in just his insane dual threat capabilities. It's a matchup where Kyle Allen isn't pushing the ball downfield this year. Both Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore um, in in the two starts, they've now ranged outside the top 50 in air yards. So he's throwing short passes, which favors McCaffrey and really he's throwing two mainly McCaffrey. So McCaffrey's fine if you want to pay for it, but he's not a priority for me this week. He's a guy that I'll have pieces of, but not a main priority. Um, I really like David Johnson, 7,500. Cincinnati is dead last. They were bottom three last year defending the running back in terms of DraftKings points allowed. They've given up the most fantasy points to uh, running backs so far this year. They give up a ton of points in terms of receptions, second in the league to the running back position. David Johnson's tied for the most routes with Christian McCaffrey, but he's $1,200 less. Most routes run in the league. And keep in mind, he's pretty much the leader because he missed about a quarter and a half of play week two with that wrist injury. That was a little bit concerning, but he seems fine now. He's way too cheap in a beneficial matchup where there is no Christian Kirk. So yeah, Farrell Cooper is going to run a good amount in the slot. The guy that was with them in the preseason was with the Bengals two weeks ago. Shout out the revenge narrative, not available on DraftKings though. Um, But you're going to have David Johnson playing more routes in the slot. He's averaging right now a little bit over eight snaps per week in the slot. I expect that to go up when a guy like Christian Kirk, who is top three in the league in routes run um, in the entire league, and three of his two of his other teammates in Demir Bird and Larry Fitz were also top three, which is crazy. Um, yeah, you're going to have a lot of routes run for David Johnson. Not only that, but his rushing upside only facing eight man box on less than 5% of his carries this year. Less than 5%. That's insane. Only getting stuffed on 10% of them. Really, really good spot for David Johnson. Really like him. Second interest, and it's really close, is probably Ezekiel Elliott as of right now. 
against Green Bay. Look, Tyron Smith's out. Everybody's gonna say, "Oh, Sal, Tyron Smith's out." He, he's much. He's a great both in the passing and in rushing game lineman. Of course, he's fantastic. But he's a bigger impact for Dak Prescott in and this passing game. He's not gonna be as as missed in the running game. He will be missed, but not as missed as he will, will be compared to the passing game. Green Bay's bottom five against the run. They give up um, their bottom three, third worst in the league against pass catching running backs right now. Zeke showed his ability to catch the ball once again, which we have yet to see last week as he took on 97% of the snaps. And there's just all the incentive in the world for the Dallas Cowboys to want to run the ball. Green Bay clearly looks bad against the run. Tyron Smith, your best pass protecting lineman, is now out against a team that pressures so, so much. And they came into last week number one in the league in pressure rates. So why not take off that pressure when your top lineman is out by running the ball? And also running the ball keeps Aaron Rodgers off the field as a home favorite. It's a really good spot for Ezekiel Elliott. I like it a lot. He's way too cheap. Dalvin Cook, the last guy in this top range that I, I have interest in. Look, it, it's so hard. Like I like da- David Johnson. I like Zeke. I said what I said about McCaffrey. Like ranking Dalvin Cook third or fourth in interest this week makes me sound dumb. But then what am I doing? Ranking Zeke third or fourth? Like it's just so hard to parse between them. I'll have pieces of all of these guys. Right now I'm favoring David Johnson and Zeke a little bit more just because of specific situations for them and also a cheaper price tag for David Johnson. But Cook's also in a great spot. Giants allowing around 90 rushing yards per game this year against running backs that have not been all that fantastic. You got a limited Zeke week one, right? And played only a half. So that's a little bit skewed as well. Um, I get it, the squeaky wheel. Oh, Stefan Diggs says that there's truth to him wanting to be traded. Adam Thielen saying that they've got to throw more. Your team just threw the most it threw all year in the mid-30s, which is a good amount. And now you're saying you want to throw more? I get it. You're frustrated. But come on, I'm not buying the squeaky wheel narrative. This offensive um, this offensive coordinator and Zimmer just in general last year since they took over with the last four weeks of the year with a new offensive coordinator, they just said, we're making Kirk throw the ball 28 times a game and we're going to run Dalvin Cook down your throats. They did it last year towards the end of the year. He looked great. He's doing that this year. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a fantastic play. Leonard Fournette, too many opportunities, man. Um, the guy's going to have, what, 23, 24 opportunities a game. He's third behind David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey in routes run per game right now. He has 13 more routes run this year than Alvin Kamara. Like, let that sink in. This guy's top five in targets seen this year. He's just been fantastic in terms of his usage. And his usage, finally, like I've been preaching and really, in general, if running backs are not efficient and effective, but there's nobody to take their work like Leonard Fournette. And they're going to keep getting usage. Eventually, it's going to fall into place. Last week, we know Derek Wool in the Denver Broncos defensive line. Leonard Fournette just went absolutely nuclear. He's still in play because he's too cheat my last priority interest i guess you can say is a yes on the sheet is david montgomery he's too cheap oakland has now lost two linebackers this year um markwell they lost who was a rotational player vontez burfitt not really great in the the run blocking or the tackling game at all run defense but he's done for the year for the suspension you're down two linebackers so your pecking order is becoming thinner there in terms of not just your starters but then the guys that are filling in for them so David Montgomery against a bottom five run defense in Oakland so far this year on Pro Football Focus. David Montgomery, 16 plus touches in three straight weeks. Snap count is coming up. He's a favorite here. I do like David Montgomery. He's way too cheap. Uh, and then my, you can see my secondary interest. Aaron Jones should see 80 plus percent of the snaps. He should be schemed into if they're a smart um, which I don't know if Matt LaFleur is actually that smart. Um, but uh, if he's creative, you should scheme him more into the receiving game when you're not probably gonna have Jamal Williams. And the bigger issue, having Devontae Adams, a guy who that Aaron Rodgers relies on to move the chains. Scheming Aaron Jones in for easier catches and runs should be a priority there. Joe Mixon in a very favorable matchup should see around 20 plus touches. Had a season high 63% snaps last week, and that's without him playing really much of any of the fourth quarter. Seems sneaky there. Jalen Samuels I have on here. Connor missed practice. Um, James Connor got hurt in last week's game. Him and Juju missed practice on Wednesday. Keep an eye on that. If for some reason he doesn't play, a $4,100 Jalen Samuels is fantastic, especially if Williams, defensive lineman for Baltimore, doesn't line up again. We saw last week they just got absolutely torn apart by Nick Chubb. Um, and if Jalen Samuels has the same passing game that he had last week or, or passing 
down role or just in general pass catching role it's a really good spot so let's move to wide receiver usually the craziest spot on the week just because there's so many wide receivers right and there's so many guys that are in play because you instead of having one running back and one tight end and one quarterback on the field you can have three wide receivers on the field for a lot of these teams and most of the time one or two of them are viable from each team so bear with me but we'll go through it michael thomas just a fantastic play like there's some better overall pure point plays i would say on the slate in terms of scoring more but they're more expensive there might be some more better or just better point per dollar plays lower because they're super cheap like on and tape but if we just factor in the price point i think michael thomas uh, and the production the production he has for a floor and ceiling I think Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver play on the slate. I don't care what the ownership comes in at. He's facing a bottom five passing defense. His low A dot routes, like this isn't a guy who runs straight go routes. He runs 10 yard slants. He runs seam routes, like, well, not seam routes. He runs curl routes, some short posts. Um, so Michael Thomas is a guy who's like built for Teddy Bridgewater and really Drew Brees. Drew Brees doesn't throw down the field anymore. Last two years, he only has a handful of 20 plus yard uh, passes. So Michael Thomas is going to catch eight, 10 yard passes and then do stuff after the catch with them. So he fits the bill. We saw last week, nine catches on nine targets for 95 yards uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. I really like it. It fits really well and he's way too cheap. Tyler Boyd right there in the same price range I do like as well. This isn't a rankings, by the way. It's just how my alphabetical or whatever it might do um, filters them based on my interest. I think then it filters it by price. I'm not too positive, to be honest with you. Um, But Tyler Boyd, interesting against Arizona for sure. He'll be in the slot a lot. He won't get pushed to the outside with no John Ross. um, Top 12 in routes from the slot. Damian Willis will be on the outside. Josh Gordon, I said I like this week. Going to have a very favorable matchup. Nobody on that secondary really guards anybody, especially the cornerbacks. Um, Josh Norman is terrible. Uh, he can try and guard Josh Gordon, even if he's on that side of the field. Norman stays on one side of the field, but either way, uh, he's terrible. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, there's just a smash spot for Larry Fitzgerald, who's too cheap. No Christian Kirk, who was averaging nine targets a game. Larry Fitzgerald, who's averaging close to 10 targets per game, and now going to have no Kirk to feed more just overall usage, especially in the red zone where Fitzgerald is crushing it um, with like one and a half targets per game. So this matchup is really, really good. You're going to have no pass rush against Kyler Murray. You're going to imagine that Kyler Murray relies heavily on David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Good spot. Alshon Jeffrey, slight interest. He should probably be an X, but he's the main guy that I would target in the receiving game outside of Ertz for this Philadelphia team. He's going to have a really good matchup on the outside against what, like Tremaine um, Johnson, if he's healthy. MVS filling in for David, David, uh, Devante Adams this week is probably the facto number one. He's cheap enough where I get there, but he's not dirt cheap to where it's a priority. Like um, I'm not prioritizing MVS. He's a yes because he's going to fill into like an eight to 10 target role. Um, But if Aaron Rodgers only throws 28 times and they go ground heavy, it could be a six to eight target role. Uh, against a, a secondary that is injured. Xavier Woods is out. They've now placed their top two safeties, um, one on IR this past week, and then Xavier Woods is out for another two to four weeks. So the safeties are injured. They still have fast defensive backs, though, which kind of caps a little bit of MVS's ceiling in terms of blowing by uh, cornerbacks. Will Fuller, I'm still going to keep buying this guy every single week. Week two, he missed a 60, 50 plus yard reception. Last week, 75 yard touchdown. Not him, but just Deshaun Watson. Last week, 75 plus yard touchdown, overthrown by about just one yard, just missed it. Um, this guy should have like another 150 yards on the year and a touchdown at least if Watson was just a little bit more accurate. So um, I, I'm going to keep buying it in this matchup. I really like the game I already said overall, stacks of this uh, Houston team. Then I really like Deshaun Watson. I like Will Fuller. Auden Tate's way too cheap. Uh, the best value play on the slate for sure. I know people will like to get to Javon Wims. Give me Auden Tate. Um, with Andy Dalton, who in this new Zach Taylor offense has actually looked good when he has time against a terrible defense in Arizona, rather than Javon Wims with Chase Daniels at the helm. Um, I'd rather have Auden Tate this week. He's top 15 in separation in the last two weeks. He's run the 24th most routes, and that's with him being a wide receiver three, like I mentioned earlier. I think Auden Tate's in a fantastic spot uh, to crush. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, I prefer these guys over Keenan Allen this week. I really just prefer this game overall. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is in a fantastic spot to just absolutely smash breakout. Reminds me of Mike Evans week three. 
Reminds me of Devontae Adams last week, a guy who's been suppressed for a couple weeks now. He also was missed on about a 50-plus yard catch, maybe goes for a touchdown from Watson last week. These guys are getting open. They're playing well. They're getting separation. Uh, Watson's just been as probably understandably flustered because every second he's getting pressure in his face. Julio Jones, I also like. Finally, Julio Jones will not have a zone or blanket coverage like he's been seeing for uh, the, the majority of the season, and he's still been crushing it. But last week, he got blanket coverage. That hurts him and Ridley. Um, blanket coverage is going to force you to throw to the middle of the field to your slot and, and tight end, which Austin Hooper and Mohamed Sanu, exactly that happened. They let those guys have big games. They silenced Julio and Ridley for the most part. Ridley came out and pretty much said zone defenses are very hard to beat two weeks ago. Now you're probably not going to get one. Um, I really like the spot for Julio and also Ridley, who you'll see as an X. I talk about Juju in the slot against Baltimore struggling. It's just a really good matchup. It's how much do you trust though Mason Rudolph, which I really don't. And then it's also how much do you want to get to Juju over Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, um, in that range. And I want Michael Thomas, I want Tyler Boyd more, but if we're talking GPPs, lower ownership, if Juju's healthy, did not practice Wednesday, becomes a nice play. You see some of my X's in there. You can you can go through them. I think Emmanuel Sanders is an interesting, probably closer to a yes for me. Cortland Sutton will get Casey Hayward. Deshaun Hamilton will just absolutely get his lunch taken and shut down in the slot. And then on the outside, you have Emmanuel Sanders um, going to go up against a backup cornerback, undrafted free agent who's been really struggling this year in Brandon Faison. Their secondary, no Dur- Derwin James or Adrian Phillips still. So Sanders has the most upside in this matchup. Also, no Melvin Ingram. He's going to be out for some time for the Chargers. So one less pass rush option to have to worry about on that Denver os- offensive line. So I do like Emmanuel Sanders this week. He's too cheap. Golden Tate, I do like. So Sterling Shepard's going to get pushed to the outside. He's going to have to face Xavier Rhodes. Golden Tate's going to go into the slot where for the last two weeks, Shepard has seen almost 200 yards. He's led the team in receiving and targets, I believe. Um, And that's not because Daniel Jones likes Sterling Shepard. He might, but it's because he likes to match up in the slot and those guys get much more open in the slot. So Golden Tate at 4,600, not somebody I'm I'm pouring to get into my lineups, but I'll probably have pieces of him. Robbie Anderson is very, very risky. I don't know if I get here because I don't trust Luke Falk all that much, but they're facing an Eagle secondary where Maddox is going to be out for a few weeks. Sidney Jones, is, is dealing with a hamstring injury. No Ronald Darby. And anyways, even if those guys were healthy, they all kind of stink. Um, Cypherin was traded, a guy who played very limited snaps as a safety, but was traded to Atlanta. So they're really down in the secondary. We look, we saw how bad it was. Rodgers having his best game in, in probably like a year or, or year and a half against that secondary. Um, Luke Falk, this, if you're ever a believer in him, this is the ideal matchup. Robbie Anderson has been I would say people are going to say he's had a bad year. Week one, he had a shadow matchup with Tredavious White. Week two, he had a shadow matchup with Denzel Ward, and he played well, 80 yards. And then he had a shadow matchup with Stephon Gilmore week three. Like those are three of the better, three of the top 15, top 12 probably cornerbacks in the entire league um, with White and Gilmore probably being like top seven cornerbacks. Um, So I think this is the week, if any, to kind of go for Robbie Anderson. I'm not going to get to a lot of Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen is facing Chris Harris Jr. Look, Keenan Allen's going to have enough volume so he can still have a good game. I just prefer, because I'm going to more team and game stacks, I prefer rather getting to um, uh, just Julio for a little bit more in DeAndre Hopkins. Keenan Allen faces Chris Harris Jr. I don't know why this keeps coming up. Um, Keenan Allen is going to get to face Chris Harris Jr., which pretty much has been a nightmare for everybody. He's only gave up eight catches on 12 targets through um, four games so far this year for only 96 yards. He shut down Devontae Adams. He shut down Allen Robinson, shut down whatever, for whatever it means, DJ Shark, who's not a fantastic wide receiver, but still a quality one, but more so the first two guys. Adams rarely ever gets shut down. Very similar to Keenan Allen for me in terms of running crisp routes and kind of matchup proof. We've already seen Keenan Allen get shut down by Xavier Howard, which also meant phased out just because of, in general, they got up big in the second half on Miami. Um, but it's a scary spot for me uh, this week, especially with Melvin Gordon coming back. I think Eckler will be used a lot more in the slot as well. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. is probably going to be shadowing Keenan Allen, which scares me a decent amount. So that's where I'm at right now on that. Let's go to tight end, which is usually easy to cover. I like Zach Ertz. The Jets haven't faced a single good tight end yet. And everybody, a couple of people in my mentions, Sal, the Jets are so good against tight ends. Yeah, they are. Look at this. Only 4.4 fantasy points 
um, per game so far to the tight end position. You know who they've played? Demetrius Harris, week two from the Browns because David Njoku got hurt. Uh, week one, Tom Sweeney from the Bills. And week three, primary tight end for the Patriots, Ryan Izzo. Yeah, tell me again. And then they had a bye. Tell me again that they're so stout. Like look into the numbers on small samples. Oh yeah, they've only given up 4.4 fantasy points per game to the tight end. Did you hear the names I just said? Tight end stats more so than any are always so skewed throughout the year because if you don't play a quality tight end, which is only like what, six, seven really dangerous pass catching tight ends, dangerous loosely in the league. If you don't play most of them and another team does, well, they're going to obviously seem like they're a bad defense against that tight end. So, or against the tight end position. So, CJ Mosley, um, not a guy who really covers tight ends all that much, but still a linebacker that'll get in the way of Zach Ertz. He was ruled out on Sunday that he won't practice Wednesday, so it doesn't seem good for him. Zach Ertz is just in a smash spot here, in my opinion. He's way too cheap at $6,000. Honestly, probably like six dollars to $800 too cheap. Jeffrey being back in another week healthier is going to help him avoid double teams like it did last week against the Packers. Avoid those double teams in the middle of the field that he was seeing week three. I'm not buying into the Jets are so good against a tight end. I'm not buying into it. They haven't faced anybody. If they shut down Ertz and then everybody else, yeah, they're a good defense against a tight end. But there's nothing that tells me they should be good against a tight end relative to other teams, especially when that tight end's name is Zach Ertz. Tom Sweeney, Demetrius Harris, and Ryan Izzo, the primary tight ends they've played so far this year. Laughable. Um, Evan Ingram against Minnesota. It's a fine spot. Tough matchup for sure. I probably don't get there as much because for $200 more, I just want Zach Ertz, but he's an interest of mine because on a slate where you don't have the top end tight ends like a Travis Kelsey, um, no George Kittle who has not been on the slate for a little while now. Yeah, it, it makes sense to want to get there. I really love Jimmy Graham this week. Again, it was very skewed the, the week last week because Rodgers throws 50 plus times, but he ran 60 routes. He saw nine targets and four red zone targets, which most of those came after the fact. I think three, if not all of them, came after the fact when Devontae Adams went down. He's the most reliable target for Aaron Rodgers this week. Not MVS, not Geronimo Allison. God, no. Um, not Jake Kumru, not Darius Shepard, not Alan Lazard, the rest of the guys in this team, right? Not Dexter Williams. I'm naming every single possible guy I could throw the ball to. Aaron, not Aaron Jones. Not Mercedes Lewis, not Robert Tonyan. That's the entire Packers team. There he goes, all the depth at every position. Bang. Um, no, it's Jimmy Graham. He's the most reliable guy. 4,300 is way too cheap. Delaney Walker's interesting. Tough matchup, but they're going to have to win in the middle of the field against his own defense that wants you to funnel the ball to the tight end. Corey Davis is going to get absolutely shut down on the outside by Davius White. AJ Brown's not on, or AJ, yeah, AJ Brown's not on the field enough for me, but still in his own defense, his big play upside is capped. Delaney Walker, slight interest. Darren Waller, I have interest in Darren Waller. The Bears haven't played anybody either. And now Roquan Smith, there's always this news, what's he going to do? He's, he's still not reporting, it's undisclosed. I don't know what's happening with Roquan Smith right now. Hopefully everything is okay with him. Um, but if he's out, that makes Darren Waller even a better play. So keep an eye on Roquan Smith's status. But yeah, Darren Waller's a a player that the Bears are middle of the pack right now in defending the tight end. Tough overall defense, but I mean, serviceable tight ends have had good games against them. Serviceable tight ends, meaning Jimmy Grant has had a, a, a double-digit fantasy point performance. Um, Noah Fant had four catches for mid-30s in yards, which is a good game for a guy like Noah Fant. We know that Darren Waller is going to run 90-plus percent of the routes and see a ton of um, snaps, and he's just a, a fantastic usage guy. Like, he is a top five in any position at how crazy his usage is right now at 30% market share of targets in Oakland. Austin Hooper, not the week that I want to get to him because Houston actually is pretty viable against the tight end position and looking into it, they are pretty decent, but Hooper is just going to see so many routes, um, decent amount of targets. I'd rather go to the outsides here because it's finally a week where there's not a zone blanket coverage um, with the Texans coming in. Uh, So I'd rather go to uh, Calvin Ridley. I prefer more and I'd rather go to definitely Julio Jones, obviously, but the price factors into that. Probably not going to get much Hooper when I prefer Jimmy Graham for $200 less. Tyler Eifert, I know a lot of people want to get to him. I probably won't. 
can he have two catches from 20 yards and a touchdown? Sure, he can. Um, so can 90% of these other tight ends on this slate. I know why people want to get there because Arizona's given up 29.3 fantasy points per game on DraftKings to the tight end position through four weeks. It's crazy. Every single tight end seems to find the end zone. Every single tight end seems to have like a five plus catches against them. Tyler Eifert is used primarily in the red zone, only on the field for less than half of the snaps, um, runs about 20 routes per week. So there is upside, especially in the red zone for him. Um, if you want to stack him into Cincinnati or Arizona stacks, I guess it makes sense. I'm just probably not going to get there because I think there's much more upside in guys who will be the primary focus of their offense, like Zach Ertz, uh, probably Evan Ingram, and definitely Jimmy Graham, at least this week. And also Darren Waller, right? All these guys, the pri- literally primary focus. And even Delaney Walker in the middle of the field this week is probably going to be a primary focus of his offense. Whereas Tyler Eifert is, what, fourth in the pecking order, um, probably behind Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, and even Joe Mixon. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. This is everything. This is position by position. I hope that this helped. Go back to this page. Uh, I will be live Sunday morning at 11 a.m. East Coast time. We'll, we'll do a live stream. We hit like 950 live last time. So it'd be great if we had 1,000. Make sure to check out Fantasy Draft. The rake-free stuff is really, really cool. Highly recommend it. Um, that's linked up down below. Check out my content, exclusive content on Patreon. We'll have our leverage show tomorrow morning. Ownership, I'll be talking about the spots I think are good ownership, spots I think are bad, where I'm pivoting to. Saturday will be my cash game tears. Sunday morning will be the podcast. I think it was like 40 minutes last week covering any late news and injuries and how it's affecting my process and really where I'm getting exposure to um, in a lot of my three maxes, single entries, potential 20 maxes. Um, so that's where I'm at as of right now. Thank you. Hit the subscribe button before you leave. If you enjoy this content, let me know. Comment down below if you want $100 off the Daily Fantasy course. That'd be awesome. Um, my name is Sal. You already know that. Also, hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at DFS. That's also linked up down below. You can follow me on any social media. Instagram is SalVetri. Um, I do appreciate it so, so much. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe. Helps me out. Helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.